Tyler Collins is Bearheart, and he's here on The Antidote. Good to meet you, Tyler. Nice meeting you, Dave. I love being here. I always like to hear about an artist's beginnings. Where did music start for you, Tyler? Oh, man. Uh, on this date, I am 29 years old, but I started playing... I started playing guitar when I was 13, but I think I've been singing as long as I can remember. My brother and I would put on shows in our living room for my parents. Um, we, we would just sing random songs to our parents and put on different shows. And so when I started playing guitar at 13, it just kind of like, well, I want to play in a band with my brother who's a drummer. So let's do this. <laughs> and, and so like, he got his drum set one year for Christmas, and literally the next year for Christmas, I got a guitar for the sole purpose of playing in a band with him. And lo and behold, he and I played in a band together called Least of These for about seven or eight years. It kind of came to fruition a little bit. And I know Least of These very well. I, I hope that's a good thing. <laughs> it is a good thing. Least of These has been featured on the show in the past. Have we really? That's why the antidote is so familiar. Oh my gosh. That's been a long time ago. That's that's what like 2014, 2015? Gosh. Yeah, whenever I've I've been like racking my brain. Like, why does the antidote sound so familiar? That's so hilarious. We were on your we were on your dang show, man. So maybe that's why I like your music so much. Maybe. I mean, the instrumentation is a little different. But, you know, the same heart is still there. So I guess that would make sense. No, it is very different. You know, I mentioned to a music fan that I was going to be having an interview with you. And they asked me about your music style. And I said, it's singer-songwriter folk and has an emo flavor. Am I on track or off base? I think that's the best I've ever heard that described. Can I use that? So long as you send me a gold star. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mail it to you right after we're done. <laughs> well, the music of Bearheart may be emo, but to really sum it up, the songs found on your debut EP, In the Morning, they're incredibly sad. I mean, even the name of the EP shares that. Yeah. Maybe I should have you explain the title. Yeah, so you're actually just getting the first half of a collective project. So In the Morning... Um, has that little ellipses at the end, um, kind of alluding to, oh, there's gonna be there's gonna be more that kind of ties this up later. So the whole purpose of these first few tracks of in the morning, yeah, they're very sad. They're just little bits and pieces of a really difficult situation that I walked through personally in my life. But even back when I wrote these songs two years ago, I even had hope that, this story wouldn't end sad. Like there would be more to come that would be hopeful and joyful. So I left it open. So the next EP, I haven't started recording it yet. Um, it will come out soon. And so the next EP is going to have a title that ties. And I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. Cause you know, if I give away too much, then people are just like, Oh yeah. So there's some suspense for you, but the next EP will be songs that are more hopeful and that are more joyful sounding. And they're not as sad. They're actually a little less emo and um, a little more upbeat. A little more top 40 pop happy songs? 
I don't I don't know that I have it in me to ever write a pop song, but it'll definitely be more um I guess like singer songwriter love songish. I get I don't, it. Yeah, yeah, not not really top 40 like I'm no Katy Perry, but definitely not as sad as these first 7 are. <laughs> the one thing you left out in your explanation is how you spell morning. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, so that has a little duality in it. So that parentheses around the u it's kind of put there to be read as both in the morning, like as the sun's coming up, and then in the morning as you're processing your sadness. So that first part of like in the morning, biblically speaking, we know that joy comes in the morning, that we know that God's grace is new every morning. So that's kind of that piece kind of alluding to um, more joyful music later, but that morning part with the you is definitely like while you're sitting in your sadness and processing your sadness, there still is hope. There still is restoration and healing, but sometimes things are just super sad. We talked about the title of the EP. We can also talk about the name of your band because you've probably picked the most accurate description for who you are because you really do bear your heart in your music. Exactly. I mean, it's very personal. It also shares your faith, like the song, Nothing Wrong. Part of the lyrics say, I gave you all the right I had to give. And what a way to learn that love is how I choose to live. Our time yeah. is over. You made sure it was through. But now I've grown in loving the one who's greater than you. That's quite a story. Is yeah. it true? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the morning is just about how my marriage fell apart a few years ago and writing songs out of that. A couple of them were even uh, written before my wife even left me. There was kind of like some Holy Spirit prophetic preparing me kind of stuff going on in the background that whenever it all started to fall apart, it didn't destroy me as much because in my relationship with the Lord, I just I was just able to rest and be like, okay, God, like you were preparing me for this. Okay, these songs now make sense. Um, so that verse that you just brought up in Nothing Wrong is completely true. Like I was codependent. I was leaning so much on my wife to be my faith and like to be my salvation and to be everything. And it took her leaving me for me to realize just how deep my faith goes because I didn't have like those roots weren't stopping at this little like cement that I had planted there that was my marriage. It was like, oh, that needed to be eradicated. And now I can really see like, oh, I have nobody if I don't have the Lord. So yeah, like the worst thing that could happen to somebody's life ended up being one of the best things for my relationship with God. But tell me, is it easy to pour out your soul to strangers? Because that's what you're doing with your music. It's, it's really not. Um, it takes, at least for me, being a feeler, naturally, it took a while for me to start to play these songs, even live, because I wrote them two years ago, but I'm just now getting ready to release them. So it's taken me that whole time to sit with different people that I trust and to talk openly about how I feel immediately after a show. Just like, hey, I feel drained. I feel really sad. And 
I feel like I'm back in all of what happened. And then having people kind of counsel me through that. Because when you bear your heart, no pun in, actually pun intended, um, when you bear your heart and you bear your soul to people that, that don't know you and don't know the story, don't know the players involved, you're essentially opening yourself up to either like encouragement or backlash. Some people may hate what you do, and some people may love it. And if you're not careful, those people who hate what you do, you can take it personally, and then it makes you just not even want to put out art ever again. Mm-hmm. And, and even likewise, if you focus too much on the people who encourage you, you can kind of get a complex and be like, I'm going to be like the next big somebody. I need to keep doing this. And it's like, yes, art and music are a part of my identity, but they're not my sole identity. So it actually took talking to our mutual friend, Josh Clifton in Ravenhill. Um, it actually took me talking to him a couple of times for him to kind of help me shift my mindset. Like, hey, maybe you need to start prefacing your shows and your sets with this is where you were. This isn't where you are now. These songs are for anybody who is feeling how I felt and kind of give yourself a hopeful like step up so that you're not plunging after every show taking that into consideration and then performing that way, like with others in my mind, with other people who are hurting and not so much me reliving it, but retelling the story to help other people. That has been a game changer for me. That has saved me a lot of unnecessary negative emotion in myself and depression and everything. And it's just been thinking about, oh yeah, these songs are for other people because any musician writes music for those who listen. It's kind of like having that missional mindset. Like, if you're going through what I went through, hopefully these songs help you like they helped me. Now, maybe I should get you to explain about the connection of Josh Clifton and Honeygold Records and why you released your EP through them. Oh, man. Um, so my old band, Least of These, we met Josh and the Ravenhill guys years and years and years ago at a small rinky dink festival in texas and we played that festival we kind of got connected to josh because that's what josh does josh is a connector so he had his podcast at the time before all the honey gold stuff and he invited us on and then after that whenever we would tour up to nashville we would play shows with them when they would come through texas they played shows with us and then recently Josh and the Ravenhill guys moved down to Texas in my neck of the woods. And then I just kind of started hanging out with them more often and started playing shows with them. I even fill in on guitar for them sometimes. (laughs) Um, And I mean, just like Josh does, like Josh collects people. So through those relationships that took years of building, um, whenever he and the rest of the guys started Honey Gold, it was like a no brainer. It was like, oh, those are like a lot of my really good friends yeah i want to work with them because i know that it's going to be personal and it's going to be intentional and that's exactly what bare heart music is is personal and intentional so i know that they would be they would be the right people for the job and they were all the guys who had a hand in recording and producing this ep they gave me a product way better than i ever thought i would get and so it was like so providential for them to be here and for me to be ready to release these songs. Oh, perfect. I know, man. It's, it's so crazy. I love it. I love those guys. 
Parados is the opening song of In the Morning. There's no music. It's just your vocals. I really think you're one of those annoying people that are just (laughs) ultra-confident, and you're just here to make the rest of us look bad. Well, I'm going to receive that as a compliment, so thank you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, I was playing some like open mic things uh, for a while and just kind of experimenting with different ideas. And as I was driving out to this open mic one night, what you hear in Parados, that just came to my mind. I got there a little early, tried putting some guitar to it. I was like, you know, I'm going to do something that I've never done before. I'm going to try to just do this a cappella. So I did it at this open mic in front of like six or seven people. And those six or seven people came up to me. They're like, oh my God. And that was it. And that's when I knew like, okay, I should do that. I should try to record that somehow because like parados is a theatrical term, meaning like that you like you essentially set the stage for what's about to happen. It's like the introduction to what you're about to see in like a play and just essentially setting the story of like what you're about to listen to. That's exactly what I wanted to do. We used to do that in least of these sometimes like start some things acapella. And so I kind of took a page out of our old book and it turned out to work really well, in my opinion. It's really outstanding. And you've aimed the song straight at your listener. You know, we don't have a fourth wall in music, but it's almost that way because it says, So if you're still listening and you hear your words echo back while you hear me sing, I want you to know something true. Please know that this one's for you. I was thinking that you wrote the music as something cathartic. Did it need to be more than that? Yeah. It was cathartic for me to write these songs and to sit on them as long as I did and to just really work them out. Um, But I wanted it to be something more. Because music for the sake of my ears, sure, that's cool, but I've always been bigger picture. And it kind of rested on my heart. Like, my story is not unique. My story is not foreign. If that's the case, and I've been given the ability to express my own emotions, there are probably people out there who struggle to express the same emotions and they don't know where to start. This may be arrogant. I don't know. I really love the line that says, if you hear your words echo back while you hear me sing, that's kind of that relational part. Like, if I'm saying something that resonates with you and it's like resonating for the first time with you, then I want you to know that these songs are for you. Like, these are to help you. Sadness happens, it comes for all of us. So, if you're currently in that spot, it's okay. Well, I think we're all currently in that type of spot. Yeah. Because now COVID and the protests surrounding the killing of George Floyd are changing society. I guess, does this mean that the music of Bearheart is truly meant to fit these days? I would would hope so. So far with Bearheart, it's a little more like relationship kind of sadness. Um, I would be very interested to see what kind of song could come out of me with what's going on in our current climate and culture, because not all the songs are very like specific. Like I've, I can listen to a couple thrice songs like um, blood on the sand 
off of the To Be Everywhere's To Be Nowhere record. And you listen to that song, you're like, oh, this song is about racial inequality. Like, if you sit and listen to the lyrics, it's like, there's blood on the sand, there's blood in the streets, there's a gun in my hand, or there might as well be. Like, oh, this song is pointed at the racial inequality that is in our country. And that song was written a few years ago. Um, so I would love to see what kind of song I could write to hopefully speak into what's currently going on. Um, so maybe that's something that I could try in the future. What do you think about that? Is music actually timeless? Um, I think if it's written the right way, it could be. I mean, you have you have a lot of your like one-hit wonders that still kind of hit the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that intention in music can be very, very clear. Like if if somebody's intentions in writing a song are genuine and they are pure, then those kinds of songs are what I would consider as like timeless. Because it's the power of emotion that is translated through music that keeps it at a high emotional level for, for anybody who listens to it. And like you definitely have your songs that are like throwaway songs. Um, but I think the timeless tracks are the ones that the writer put their heart and soul into. And it just translates throughout and through in. Like there are songs that I know will be stuck with me for most of my life just because of what they meant to me and because of what they spoke into me at very critical times in my life. Tyler, thanks for coming for this talk and best of luck with the Bear Heart release. Thank you for letting me be on here, Dave. This is a pleasure and I would love to come back again and just talk shop with you.